0: We're back with another episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast, and i got to tell you I'm excited about this one because uh, we're chatting with Kalen Kaler, uh, an NFL reporter, and you probably read her piece, and if you haven't read it on SI.com yet, do yourself a favor and read it. It's a three-part series on Pray for Kabir. Uh, Kabir Biamila, the former uh, Packers defensive end career sacks leader, interesting story surrounding KGB right now that uh, uh, Kalen uh, did a well 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 in-depth research piece on it. Uh, We've talked to her before about you know a couple years ago with the Mike McCarthy Aaron Rodgers piece uh, but we're able to catch up with her again and talk about her latest piece that she did with Sports Illustrated. So enjoy this chat with Kalen Kaler. Joining us on the podcast now, uh, we've talked to her a couple years ago, I guess it would be now, is uh, Kaylin Kaler, sports journalist. Uh, You've probably read her recent article on uh, Kabir Bajah Biamila. We last uh, we talked with you, Kaylin, was uh, Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, some of the some of the stuff that was going down, and it, it was like timing because when when your article came out in Monday Morning Quarterback, I think it was shortly afterwards, uh, Mike McCarthy was was relieved of his duties. So perfect timing yeah. on, on that one. But I uh, appreciate you taking some time and uh, not only talking about uh, your work, but kind of getting to know your background and how you got onto uh, got into sports journalism too.
1: Yeah, so um, I went to Northwestern and I graduated in 2015 and lived uh, in Medellin, so I started that. And after that, well, during my Videl, my time at Vidella I had to do an internship um, for one quarter, and I interned at Sports Illustrated with the magazine. Um, so I didn't really meet anyone who was involved with the MMQB, because at the time, um, the magazine and the online um, were totally separate. Like, they were actually on two different floors of the building. So I didn't meet anybody um, with MSUB until I had actually finished my internship and went back to school for my senior year. Um, and then I was pitching them stories that year because there was a story I wrote for a class on journalism that would have been a great fit for the MSUB. So I got connected to them that way. And then um, the draft was in Chicago in 2015 for the first time ever. And I, being in Chicago, I asked them if they needed anybody to help out so they said yeah of course like you know we'll have you on as a freelancer for the draft we'll give you a couple of stories so that was how I got really introduced to Peter King and the whole MMQB crew at the time and I didn't know it but they were actually looking for a new editorial assistant for the for the site um, so it was kind of like my own draft the NFL draft is sort of my own draft in, in that sense Um, And then, like, a month later, they ended up hiring me for the job. So um, that's kind of how I landed at SI. And, you know, I was laid off in March, so I'm no longer there. Um, But I'm freelancing now, and this KGB story was my last story for Sports Illustrated.
0: So how long were you working on that, uh, uh, that KGB story?
1: I started at, like, the first week of January. Okay. Um, so basically start to finish, it
0: was about six months. Wow. Interesting. So you mentioned Peter King and I, I you know, I've, I've heard you or I've read, you mentioned him, uh, a few times as, it, would you say that he's been your biggest mentor right now?
1: Oh yeah. Um, definitely him and, um, uh, no, my editor, Dave Gramling at MMQB and Jenny Brentis, who is still there, um, our senior writer. Um, but yeah, Peter has been a huge influence on me um I was basically his personal assistant for like my first three years there so we were super close and we still are um and you know he's been helping me and giving me advice right now on different opportunities that I'm looking at uh, for jobs now that I am unemployed um but yeah he's been a huge influence and it's been really cool to see how he you know, builds and maintains his relationships, and uh, you know I've got interested in a lot of his interviews with important people around the league. So it's been fascinating to learn from him.
0: Yeah, you know I, I actually have a, a Peter King story too because he's I I've looked up to I've read him stuff his stuff for a long time, but I just I've, I've met him a couple times, and, and the first time just happened to be you know sheer coincidence because he was doing his trading camp tour, and you know I just got this little radio show here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And I'm like, hey, Peter, you know, if you're going from Minnesota to Green Bay and you need to stop for a beer on Highway 29, you know, tweeting. He ain't going to tweet back at me, right? Uh, he, he sends me a private message. He's like, hey, where do you want to meet up? So I actually, that's that, that was that's Peter cool. King, you know, and I'm like, yeah. that that's awesome. And then when the Super Bowl was in Minnesota, this is like a couple years later, I was doing a show there. He walks by, he recognizes me, and he looks at his purse. He said, I'm doing that show right there. You know, that's just kind of the, the I'm like, that's Peter yeah. King doing that with me.
1: Yeah, that's so, he does, he's really good at, like, you know, doing anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really taking time to, uh, you know, meet with, not even just, you know, other journalists, but meet with just readers across the country.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Hey, I got to ask you, so what drew you to football? Like, well, what was what was it about football that uh, that, that kind of drew you to that sport?
1: Um, it had always been my favorite for growing up, I was a huge Bears fan, um, and you know, obviously, your listeners will not like to hear that, but <laughs> <laughs> I was a I was a big Bears fan, and um, my dad actually, <laughs> excuse me, my dad um, used to work in college football. He was a radio play-by-play color uh, color analyst for Northern Illinois and then Army. Um, and a couple other teams. like He used to do Continental Basketball Association, the CBA, when that was still a thing. Um, So he had been sort of working in sports when I was growing up, and so that kind of made me want to do it. I'd been to a bunch of college football games with him and really enjoyed it. So, yeah, and then at Northwestern, um, I was a cheerleader, so I was at every football game and traveled to all the games. So I was just always, I think I was just, like, closer to football in mm-hmm. the whole life. Um, and then when the job, I, it just happened to be that, like, there, there was a job and it was a football site. So it worked out well.
0: And I can imagine that you kind of probably knew that you wanted to be a sports journalist or, or involved in sports at a pretty early age in your life.
1: Yeah, it wasn't really until, like, I, I read Sports Illustrated a lot in high school and loved it. Uh, but it wasn't really until probably my freshman year of college that I really, like, thought, oh, I could do this. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if I thought, like, it was just out of reach or something or I just hadn't really considered it seriously enough. But it was my freshman year of college when I started working for Northwestern um, Athletics, the athletic department. I started writing for um, the game day program for football. And, and they had asked me to like write about the honorary captain this profile whoever the honorary captain was every week and I, I just I don't know why for some reason I was like oh my god I don't think I can do that but then I wrote the first one and I was like oh maybe I could do it so I think that's when I sort of seriously started being like okay I'm going to do sports
0: now so some of your features, I mean, obviously, when we talked to you the first time, it was uh, the Packers feature where I remember you mentioning that you spent a lot of time uh, up in Green Bay and doing a lot of research and in-depth uh, reporting there. And same with the with your recent one with uh, with uh, Kabir Baja Biyamila. With your feature pieces, are are, are those kind of like those in-depth research type articles? Are those are those kind of like your favorite pieces to write? I mean, I, I got to imagine, like you mentioned, it takes a long time. But you're so in-depth. They're well-researched, and they're just plain old awesome. So are those kind of your favorite uh, uh, things to write?
1: Yeah, definitely. I love, like, really spending time on a feature and talking to everyone I can possibly talk to about a topic. Um, And I love, like, that's my favorite part about journalism is, like, the ability to become kind of like a mini-expert in this random topic that a lot of times has nothing to do with sports but mm-hmm. is part of a sports story so you know this KGB story is a really good example of that like I had to become an expert in this religious group and mm-hmm. what they believe and how they function and everything about this belief system um, that I had really never heard of before um, I started doing this story and that's really my favorite thing about it like who knew I would you know, become an expert in the religious group. Um, And yeah, I had never thought about it before. Um, And then, you know, another story that reminds me of that is um, the story I did about how to make a football where I traced, you know, the process of a cow Mm -hmm. becoming a football. Um, And I had to become an expert in like the leather and beef industry (laughs) from that story, (laughs) which I also never really imagined I would be studying. And obsessing over, so I love that part of the job because you really never get bored because the story is like a new research assignment, basically.
0: Do you get, like, this might be a weird question asking a journalist like you, but, like, you know, I'm thinking when I'm reading the KGB story, and I remember, you know, when everything kind of started to come out, was it in December with, with the Christmas program and all that, and, you know, some of his YouTube videos, seeing clips of that. As a journalist, when you get into, when you know that you want to write a story like that, do you get nervous kind of, like, talking to, like, KGB or, or approaching, you know, topics like that? Do you, Is there any butterflies in your stomach anymore when you do that?
1: Um, not really. I mean, I think with the story, like, the nervousness was more about, you know, what was the reaction going to be from people who are part of this group,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because, you know, they are very into sort of harassing people online, um, and, you know, they I've seen several instances with them where they've threatened people in, like, YouTube comments, so... You know, and they've never really acted on those threats, but I just feel like they're a little bit unpredictable. So that was kind of why I was nervous doing this story is just like, you know, what is the response going to be like in terms of my own personal safety? Um, But when I talked to KGB, I think I was just, I probably had a little bit of nerves, but only because I just really wanted to make sure we were going to get everything we needed to. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to forget. And I actually had, I usually, I've never done an interview with an editor before, um, like, on, who was, like, part of the phone call. This was actually on Skype. We did our interview on Skype with him. And and I've never had an editor, like, be part of an interview before. But with this one, I was like, yeah, like, I'm going to have you on because I just wanted to be super sure that I was not missing something to ask him. So, um, but he was very... He was super friendly and charismatic, and, like, you can tell why people want to follow his lead, you know, from, like, one conversation with him. I mean, he's not, like, this, you know, mean person when you have a conversation with him. He was still really likable, which was probably one of the most surprising um, conclusions of our interview.
0: What kind of made you, or what kind of, you know... Where did you get the idea to to pursue this this piece or this article? What what did you kind of start to hear about the stories like we did around here around uh, January Christmas time, and that kind of led to, that idea in your head?
1: Yeah, I got sent like a couple of news stories from the press Quebec, Green Bay Press Quebec from my editor, and he was like, "I I hadn't even seen them up until that point. I don't know, you know, I don't live in Green Bay mm-hmm. or." in Wisconsin at all, so I feel like that was probably why I hadn't really heard of them. Um, But I started reading about it, and I was like, wow, this is really weird, like extremely, extremely weird, and it sounded like the perfect story for me to do because there seemed to be a lot going on to find out, a lot of questions, so that's how I got turned on to it, and um, yeah, it was basically a sign to me.
0: You, you mentioned uh, one of the surprising things or maybe the ones that kind of caught you off guard was just how nice or, or pleasant uh, KGB was. Uh, was there anything else that kind mm-hmm. of uh, took you back throughout this whole process, the, the many months that you put into this? Was there anything else that kind of stood out to you?
1: Um. Well, I think the most weird thing about the reporting process is that um, everything, like I've never had a story where so much of the story is, on youtube Mm -hmm. like this whole i mean and so i was kind of paranoid reporter that someone else was going to be doing the story and knew everything that i knew because all you had to do was sit down and watch a lot of youtube videos so it was extremely time intensive but it was all there like i found out about robert mathis being part of the group because he was at severe thing and i recognized him in the video um I was like, holy shit, is that Robert Pappas? Wow. Um, so I, that was the weirdest part is like, I've never had a story that I've been doing before where, you know, it was still very investigative in terms of finding people who left this religious group. That was really tricky. But as far as Kabir's own story goes, like, he has talked about everything on YouTube.
0: Do you think this is highlighted more, too, because it's in Green Bay, Wisconsin? You, you know, it's a small town in, in the upper Midwest that, you know, this is it, it's it's Green Bay, and you usually don't hear about anything like this in Wisconsin or a small town like Green Bay?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think if this had happened in, like, L.A. or New York or, you know, even somewhere maybe like Dallas, like, I don't know if it would have made the news that it did Um, locally in Green Bay just because it's a bigger city and, you know, as you mentioned, Green Bay is such a small town. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, I think that had a lot to do with it. And, um, yeah, I I think that was a big factor.
0: I want to wrap it up, Kaylin, with a few questions. I like to call them lightning round questions, you know, maybe a little off topic or might have to do with uh, your career or sports uh, if you're up for it.
1: Yeah,
0: of course. Uh, awesome. Uh, I guess you know the first one it, it stays with football, but I mean, there's so much going on right now in, in, in the sport of football. I mean, what's going on with Washington and the pandemic and, and all that go- right now? What's your just like when, when you're on the outside? You're, I mean, you're a journalist for the NFL. Uh, you write about the NFL. What's kind of going through your mind or what's going through your head when you see? All this different storylines, everything from Washington, what's going on with with the, with the organization over there, and you know the 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 uh, report from the Washington Post to everything kind of going. On. What what's going through your mind right now when you are observing this as a journalist?
1: Yeah, there's a lot going on. I mean, I think I'm just trying to figure out at the moment, like what you know, am I going to go to any training camps? Like, I don't, you know, it's just a weird year in terms of like how we're going to cover things and you know are we going to even make it through a season like it's everything is so up in the air right now so i think i'm just trying to figure out you know what's my next move because now that i'm freelancing i kind of have to you know pitch my own ideas so
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, i'm trying to figure out like what do i want to do at training camp um uh, as far as the washington football club news um I think that's awesome. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for them to change that team name. Like we stopped using it um, for the most part when we could avoid using the name we did um, at the MMQB. Um, Peter King made that decision back in, I think, like 2013 or 2014. So it had been a long time that we had been trying to avoid use of the R word. Um, So, I mean, I just was – really surprised that they finally did it um you know because i feel like if any team was going to launch a formal review of their name and then stick with the name it would be the washington football team um so i was honestly surprised that we actually got to this point where they're finally changing names uh, so i think that's great even though it did only happen because people started to you know financially threaten the team
2: basically. Mm-hmm.
1: When- um but yeah i think that's great and like really excited about that um I actually did feel like when they hired when they hired Ron Rivera the first thing I thought of was okay now they have a minority head coach maybe they'll finally change the team name because that you know maybe Rivera this is something he's going to care about and I really don't know like I haven't done much reporting and I don't know what influence Rivera had on that decision but to me it seems like he might have had you know a sizable influence and finally forcing that to, to happen. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, when you're not watching football, you're not doing anything sports-related, what is Kaylin doing in her free time?
1: Um, I like, well, I teach Irish dance. Okay. I was an Irish dancer growing up, so that's my random hobby. Um, I also take figure skating lessons, which is random, but... Um, I always wanted to learn when I was younger And I never did um, I mean I just knew how to regular fig- Like skate, like hockey skate But I never knew how to figure skate mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm taking figure skating lessons um, Yeah, those are kind of my grand hobbies
0: if you were I like in-
1: being outside in the summer
0: Okay If you were in the NBA bubble What would be the one movie You're taking with you And the one meal that you would for sure Have to have in that bubble
1: uh, um, probably Mean Girls is my movie because okay. I just think it's a perfect movie. I love it so much. Um, or like Legally Blonde, <laughs> <laughs> something one of those two. Um, and then the meal I would say, um, like mashed potatoes and I don't know, maybe like a. Knife
0: date. <laughs> nice. Uh, what's your favorite book of all time?
1: Uh, that's hard. I've read some good books recently. Um, I'm going to plug Know My Name by Chanel Miller who was the um, sexual assault survivor from Stanford um, with The Swimmer. Mm. That incident that was like I think four years ago now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, she wrote a autobiography type book about her experience and she was actually a fiction or a not a creative writing I think she was studying creative writing in school so she's like a really really talented writer and the way she like writes about her experience is just completely stunning so I just read that during quarantine I read that in like March and that is like probably like the most impactful book that I've read it was really
0: good two more for you here uh if you could pick anybody in history they don't have to be alive they could be passed but anybody in history to interview who would that be huh um let's see
1: um i actually thought about this recently and now i can't remember what i thought of. <laughs> um Maybe, like, the uh, music group ABBA. Okay. Because I, I love them. <laughs> um, and I think it would be interesting to talk to them. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I always want to say, when it's, if it was just sports, I would say Jay Colour because I'm just, I have a lot of
0: questions for him. I, um, I I would agree with you on that one because I mean that whole Chicken Gate thing too. It's like well, I was actually I know, glued so to funny. that thing.
1: <laughs> right. Uh,
0: what's it your favorite uh, favorite memory of your career?
1: Um. Honestly, this story was really great. Like it was a long, wild ride, but it was really really i feel like i learned the most from reporting the story than anything else and um yeah the funny thing is is that i didn't really go anywhere for it so it's like i did everything on phone calls or my computer um but besides that i think my favorite like actual memory would be um for the cow to football story um you know i went to like middle of nowhere ohio to with the farmer and the people who were at the slaughterhouse, and, um, you know, the guy who was going to cure the hide, but mm-hmm. it was just a small town and, like, just that day, um, you know, going around the town and meeting all the different people who were, like, part of that process um, was just really fun and, and, like, such a weird experience. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and obviously with the Super Bowls that I've been to have been really, really cool experiences.
0: That was one thing I wanted to ask you really quickly, too, with, you know, you mentioned you did your your story all, like, Skype and interviews. Do you think with everything, you know, with Zoom and Skype and everybody in quarantine, you think that's going to change journalism in, in the future of how, like, journalists or, or writers do their jobs? Yeah,
1: um, I do. And I think, like, I mean, we can always do our jobs on the phone and on the computer. We've... You know, we really never actually need to travel to anything, but traveling makes it better. Like, traveling makes your story so much better because you get the details that you're not going to get from a Skype interview just in terms of, like, what someone looks like or how how they act or what where they are, like, the scenery, all of that. So I hope, like, I've already, like, kind of been thinking ahead, and I'm like, oh, my God, every outlet is going to, like, um, you know, their travel budget because now they realize nobody really needs to go anywhere mm-hmm. to do this job um and that would be really sad because i feel like we lose a lot when we don't have the person to person um you know interaction but i do but i am glad that like this is the job that we can do in these conditions like you know it's not like we're all uh, unable to do our jobs because of a pandemic so it is going to be really interesting to see, like, what happens going forward. But, um, you know, and I this season, I don't know how many... We haven't even gotten to the part of, like, how many reporters are going to be allowed to go to actual games.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, You know, we've only figured it out for training camp so far in terms of media access and all of that. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm honestly jealous of the NBA reporters in the bubble. It seems like such a weird... Um, experience that I would be like dying to, to be part of that.
0: I, I, I'm kind of the same way. I, I kind of want to have experienced it just to say that I experienced it. You yeah. Know, exactly.
1: Yeah. Even though they have like one square mile for the media,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I was just reading about one of the NBA reporters who said that they you know, the area they are allowed to be in is one square mile, <laughs> um, which is just crazy. Even though they're like draft, it still sounds like so
0: interesting. I agree. I agree. Kaylen Kaler, NFL reporter, really appreciate you uh, taking the time to, uh, to chat with all of us, uh, not only on your terrific piece uh, on KGB, Pray for Kabir, but also your career and I cannot wait for your next one. I mean, every time you, you've got a new piece coming out, I read it because you do such a great job with uh, the in-depth research and they're just awesome, so I cannot wait for your next piece, but uh, thank you for taking the time and chatting with us and getting to know you a little bit more
1: thank you i appreciate you having me on it
0: was fun that's it for this edition of the man cave football podcast reminder to subscribe to the man cave football podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast whatever platform that way you never miss another episode i'm dan casper and thanks for tuning in